Well, we are in the Gospel of John. I've been focused on the signs and the I am sayings, and, and today we get to a uh, part of John where there are two I am sayings. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and I am the door uh, to the sheep, or the sheep gate. And uh, it was kind of funny in preparing this, because I feel like I've been preaching shepherding a lot. I just did it at Christmas, and then I did it at Easter, and now here we are. Sort of our theme for the year, almost accidentally, is this idea of shepherding. But it's a huge theme in the Bible. Okay, Nearly 400 references in the Bible to sheep and to flocks. And about 100 references to shepherding. It is all over the place. It was all over the place in the Middle East. Okay, it was a, a major part of the economy, a major part of the culture at the time. And so it becomes an important image. So, so what I want to do today is give you some background of the image, which some of you have heard through some of those other sermons already. So I'm going to move through it. And then talk about how the image develops in the Old Testament. And then I'm going to read our passage. Because if I do that, when I read the passage, it's going to make a lot more sense to you. The challenge is, you and I have probably seen sheep. You've seen sheep, right? But you've not really seen a shepherd. I, I have a, uh, an, um, it's a relative of some kind. It's a great uncle, second removed or something like that, who has sheep. But he's not a shepherd. He's got a pen and a barn. He goes to work and comes home and feeds the sheep. So I've been around sheep, but, but I've never seen like a shepherd who's got to stay with the sheep. So you got to do a little bit of work to get into the image. First of all, understand the importance of the job. Sheep, and, and when we say flocks in the Bible, sheep and goats were kept together. So it's both sheep and goats. And uh, they were used for food, for meat, for milk, for wool, for sheepskin. And Israel was especially important because they had all sacrificial system based around lambs. And so it was part of their worship. So it's part of your food, it's part of your clothing, it's part of your worship part of every day you see it it's an important important job and and to be a shepherd you couldn't be dumb you had to be smart because you had to manage your flock okay it's a business so you got to breed the right sheep together you got to take care of your sheep you got to manage when i'm going to take sheep to market how many sheep do i need to keep back to keep my flock growing and how many sheep could i sell right there's a whole business to shepherding but you also have to lead sheep Okay, one of the images of, of shepherding in the Bible is that we are like sheep. The problem with that image is sheep are dumb. Okay? Sheep are dumb. You gotta you gotta watch sheep. You gotta take care of sheep. And in in those days there's not fencing. So you have to lead your sheep. Okay? If you leave your sheep in one place, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna eat all the grass. They're gonna eat all of everything, and they're gonna make that, that whole field worthless. So you have to keep the sheep moving. And if you keep the sheep moving, they will keep the field trimmed down and they will actually fertilize the sheep, the, the field, but I'm not going to describe how that worked to you. But if you kept them moving, you would actually be good for the fields, not bad for the field. So you had to keep them moving, okay? Um, and you, you had to, to keep them going to green pastures. What does Psalm 23 say? David, who was a shepherd, uses this image. He makes me lie down in... Green pastures. He leads me behind beside still waters. Why? Because in the heat of the day, sheep have wool and they would get a hot. And so what you had to do is you had to move them in the morning and the evening. And then in the heat of the day, you wanted a cool place by some water where your sheep could lay down. So you had to, you had to know where the places are. You had to be able to plot out geographically where you were going to go each day to make sure it had to be still waters because if you got them by too heavy water they're not real strong swimmers 
So you would lose sheep. It had to be still waters, not moving waters. It had to be good grass. It had to be shaded, cooler areas. Along the way, the shepherd had to care for the flock. They needed tended to. They would get lost. They would get scratched. They would uh, fall. They would get lost. Okay, and there's this, this great image we can have, and you can see pictures of Jesus sometime with a lamb on his shoulder, right? Because you sometimes you had to carry the sheep, okay? If your sheep got an injured leg, you might have to carry them for a couple of days till they got better. So there's this great image of caring, of protecting sheep. Sheep are rather helpless, and in, uh, in that part of the world at the time, there were fox, there were wolves, there were lions, there were, there were things that would come and would attack your flock. And so shepherds had to be kind of warriors. Okay, how does David put it? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You had to not only be able to guide your sheep, but you had to be able to protect your sheep. David himself was a pretty good warrior that he learned to be as a shepherd. And he was very good with a sling. Okay, because you would use that to help protect your sheep too. So protecting the sheep. But protecting those sheep was most important at night because that's when a lot of those animals would attack. So here's what the shepherd would do. They would actually sort of corral the sheep into an area. Okay, it was normally either some, it would, they'd use kind of a natural hill or some kind of cave, or they would sort of build up stones. If you want to know what it would look like, look at this gazebo. Because that's what they would do. They would have some kind of round area like a cave. They could put all the sheep in. And then there'd be an opening to the cave where all the sheep came in. And what the shepherds would do is they would just sleep across the gate, figuring if anything wants to get in or out, they're going to have to go through them. Okay, so that was how they would protect the sheep at night, is they would lay across the sheep pen for the evening to keep them all in. So this is, this, this is such an important theme. It's such a multifaceted theme that in the Old Testament becomes a theme of of, uh, of um, leadership. That there are great shepherds. A lot of the great characters of the Bible were shepherds. Abraham, Isaac, Moses, David, Amos. And not just them, but Rebekah, the daughters of Jethro. There were some women who were also shepherds. And then think about it from Israel's perspective. Here's Moses. He's a shepherd. And what does he do for 40 years? He leads the people of Israel around. And so Moses is sort of seen as a shepherd. And they start to think of God as a shepherd. And then there was this shepherd named David who wrote Psalm 23 saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Okay, the, the Lord is my shepherd. So the image became, okay, God is a shepherd. But then Israel got into trouble. So as the Old Testament goes along, we get this beautiful image of how God is like a shepherd leading the people of Israel. But what do you say then? When the people go into exile, when they are captured, they're taken off into Babylon. How do you understand that? Hey, if God's a good shepherd, did he lead us here? And the answer of the prophets is no. No, he did not lead us here. Israel's leadership led us here. And so the prophets have this major theme of God is a good shepherd, but sometimes our leadership are bad shepherds. Let me just read a few passages. Lord, we pray for whatever that is there. <laughs> okay, this is all over the prophets. Let me get a couple verses. Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel writes, The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Okay, the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? 
You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves in the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed. Hey, so the image is, hey, hey, you prophets, hey, leaders of Israel, what have you been doing? You keep using the flock for your own gain, but you're not actually caring for the flock. So, continuing, they were scattered because there was no shepherd and because, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep are scattered. They wander all over the hills. Therefore, you shepherds, thus says the Lord, behold, I am against the shepherds and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding of the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue the sheep from their mouths. Okay, strong words. Jeremiah, here's a couple of it from Jeremiah. Jeremiah 10, 21, he says, For the shepherds are stupid and do not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, they have not prospered, and all the flock is scattered. Okay, so the leadership of Israel is like shepherds. Jeremiah says they're stupid. They should have been taking care of the sheep. They're not. Jeremiah 25 says, Wail, you shepherds, and cry out. Roll in ashes, you lords of the flock. For the days of your slaughter and dispersion have come. You shall fall like a choice vessel. No refuge will remain for the shepherds, nor escape for the lords of the flock. Jeremiah 50. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray, turning away on the mountains. From mountain to hill they have gone, and they have forgotten their folds. Okay, this is poetic ways of talking about exile. The leadership of Israel failed us, and now the people are scattered. Zechariah 10 says, Therefore the people shall wander like sheep. They are afflicted for their lack of a shepherd. My anger is hot against the shepherds, and I will punish the leaders. The Lord of, for the Lord of hosts cares for the flock, the house of Judah, and I will make them like a majestic steed in battle. Or Zechariah 11, Woe to my worthless shepherds who deserts the flock. May the sword strike his arm and his right eye. Let, him, let his arm be wholly withered and his right eye utterly blinded. Everybody catching this image? This image, Israel's leadership, you are bad, bad shepherds. And God's going to judge because of what you did to his flock. Now, Jesus in the Gospel of John is having conflict with the leadership of his day, the Pharisees and the priests. And he has this discussion with them. I'm in John 10. And when I read this, now that you know the background, I think you're going to understand it pretty quickly. John 10, starting verse 1. Truly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. I, uh, uh, to him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own name, his own sheep by his name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him and know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the stranger of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So just one other comment on sheep. Sheep are very good at understanding voices. I've watched this time and time again with my relative sheep. What happens with the sheep is, uh, and they would do this in the morning, the sheep, when their mom calls to them, they understand the sound of their mom's voice as opposed to the other sheep. To me, all the sheep sound the same. But a baby sheep has to know which mom is theirs. So sheep are very attuned to voices. And so what you would do is a lot of times at night, you would put in all the sheep 
And then all the shepherds would stand out in the morning and call, and the sheep would go to their shepherd's voice. This is part of sheep, is they recognize and follow the voice of their shepherd. And so Jesus is saying, that's me, and you don't seem to be... And what are we saying? Jesus is saying the sheep don't recognize his voice, and then at the end of that section it says, Jesus said this, but they don't understand it. Okay, the verse continues. So Jesus again said to them, Truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now you know what that is. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it back up again. This charge I have received from my Father. And the text says, there was again division among the Jews because of these words. Many said to them, said, many of them said, He has a demon. He's insane. Why listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Jesus is clearly hearkening back to these traditions of the Old Testament. I think particularly that longer passage I read in Ezekiel, and there's even more to that passage I didn't read. But Jesus is using this Old Testament tradition of taking good shepherds and bad shepherds, and he's saying, hey, I am the what? The good shepherd. And by contrast, you are the bad shepherd. And in doing so, he's identifying himself with God, because remember in the Old Testament, who is, the, who is my shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. So for him to say he's the good shepherd is a claim not only to not be one of the Pharisees, but actually to be part of divinity. Let's just think real quick about a couple of the things he's saying about the Pharisees as opposed to himself. He says, I'm the sheep door. I'm the one that helps the sheep get in and out. By the contrast, they are not the sheep door. See, they think they're the ones that have to like say who gets in and who gets out. And they want to try to say, oh, Jesus can't be from God. He must have a demon. But, but in the end, actually what, what he's trying to say to them is, I'm the way in, I'm the way out. So what they are not, if they're not the sheep that's laying across, you know what they are by contrast in Jesus' idea? They're actually thieves. They're actually trying to, if, if they're trying to tell people not to follow Jesus, then they're stealing sheep away from the good shepherd. And he is the voice of the good shepherd. He's the one they should be listening to. And if, if, they're, if they're not recognizing his voice, which they're not, then they must be not be of the same flock because his sheep should know his voice. So this is a scathing critique of them. They should be recognizing him, but instead, what are they doing? They're stealing sheep. They're leading them astray. 
And then he wants to compare what kind of shepherd they, that he is. He is a good shepherd. Why? Because he lays down his own life for the flock. Clearly, we're in John 10. He's starting to look ahead to his death and to his resurrection. But, but he, he's also saying, by contrast, that they are not laying down their lives. In fact, he's comparing them to the hired shepherds. So what you would do is if you had a big flock, you maybe couldn't take care of the flock by yourself. You couldn't maybe have enough sons to take care of the flock, so you'd have to hire the flock. You'd have to hire under shepherds. The problem with those lower level shepherds is when the wolf comes, when the lion comes, it's not their sheep. And so they tend to run off. Like, I'm not dying for my job. Okay? But if it's your sheep, you fight for your sheep. You're willing to die for your sheep. And, and Jesus is going to say, like, right, I'm actually going to die for my sheep. But by contrast, these Pharisees, they're hired hands. So if they really cared about the sheep, they would be leading people to Jesus, not away from Jesus. And then he has this interesting line about having sheep and other flocks. There's been a lot of debate about this. But I, I think, it, you know, could he be talking about the Gentiles? Maybe. Maybe, I think, more likely the Samaritans or maybe people that aren't on the in crowd. I think part of what he's saying to the Pharisees is, hey, I know you're trying to attend for this group of people that are coming to the temple, but there are people that are not under your watch that are actually going to be under my watch. Some Samaritans, some sinners, some tax collectors that I'm going to bring in to my flock that you seem to be missing. And their, their response is anger. He must have a demon. I don't know if you've ever been, anybody ever thought, said of you that you might have a demon? It's not like a good thing, right? Like, this is harsh words. They're offended by this. They're offended by this because Jesus is not only making grand claims about himself, but he's actually making some harsh rebukes of them. Now, if you follow along this theme of shepherding in the rest of John, it becomes interesting, importantly, because it's part of Peter's healing process. Remember, Peter denies Jesus three times, but then later Jesus sort of restores Peter. And what does he say three times? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And so part of the, the emphasis in John then becomes, okay, we've got bad shepherds leading Israel. We've got Jesus as a good shepherd. But then Peter and the disciples become the good under-shepherds. So let's bring this home. Let's bring this to real life. Why is this text important to our lives? Well, let me start with this. Some of you have had bad shepherds in your life. Some of you have had people in your life that were supposed to be good shepherds. They were supposed to love you and tend to you and care for you. And instead they harmed you and they hurt you or they denied you and they left you alone. And for that, I'm sorry. For the wounds of bad shepherds, I am sorry. But I would ask that if you've had bad shepherds in your life, you don't let that tinge your view of the good shepherd. Because <laughs> Jesus is a good shepherd. He laid down his life for you. And I love this image of, of Jesus being a, a, a shepherd. Because I believe God is tending to you. Jesus is caring for you. He's trying to lead you. He's trying to protect you. He's trying to find still waters for you. He's trying to get you on secure paths. So some of you just need to understand that God is a good shepherd, and if you had bad shepherds, then, then you need a good shepherd even more. And some of you need to understand today, too, that God is trying to lead you and tend to you, and some of you may be fighting it. Some of you may not be listening to the voice of God leading in your life. That if he's a good shepherd, then you can trust him. 
and if his voice is telling you to go somewhere, it may be scary for you, but you can trust in the voice of your shepherd. You can trust in him to be the gate, to be the protector for you. And I also think that like the disciples later, we are called to be under shepherds. We are called to do the work of bringing people back to the shepherd. Or, or I might even press the metaphor a little bit. This is a little extra biblical, but I like it. Okay? I think we're called to be sheepdogs. That's really what we are. We are sheepdogs for the good shepherd. Now, when I was a kid, we had a, a Sheltie, a, a miniature um, collie. And that dog would herd us as children. Like, we would go out in the backyard, and, and he, he, she knew, Mackie knew where the line was for, the, uh, for the, the yard. And if a child came over and got too close to the edge of the yard, Mackie would be between my, the children and the yard, right? And they'd just sort of nudge us back to where we were supposed to be. And so for me, this image of us as sheepdog, I think is really powerful. You and I are sheepdogs for the Good Shepherd. Okay, it's our job to keep, to keep sort of uh, cutting, you know, the, now Mackie would cut to try to cut off where we were heading. She'd kind of run and then cut us off to turn our direction. And that is what we're supposed to do. And that's what we're supposed to do for little Tate and the kids in our church. And that's what we're supposed to do in the community. That's why we did this. That's why we have a gazebo. It's why we have a playground. It's because because we're supposed to be helping to tend to the neighborhood. Not that we're good shepherds, but we know the voice of our good shepherd. That's why I love this image of sheepdog. We are sheepdogs. And you got family members that you need to nip at a little bit to get them back. And you have neighbors that you need to sort of cut back to where. And we're just always sort of, sort of hurting this world in the direction of Christ. Because we know he is the good shepherd and we know his voice. And so when we know his voice, we need to follow him. And part of where I'm telling you, you start following Jesus, part of where he's going to lead you is to the tending and healing of other people too. That's just who he is, and that's just how he works. Let's pray together. Lord, help us to be good sheepdogs. Help us to move our church, our community, our friends, our kids, our grandkids. Help us to keep nudging them back towards you. May we hear your voice and may we follow you as our good shepherd. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.